What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to the Steel Mason Nation podcast. My name is Fred Moore. Today, the episode is going to be great. So sit right back and get ready. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, starting off with addictsclub.com. Addicts Club and Maces, adjustable clubs and maces. One size fits all. You just buy a kit and you can adjust the weight from light to heavy, do whatever you want. Uh, Adex has a discount code for you, but you got to sign up for the Steel Mace Nation newsletter to get it. And I'll tell you the reason why. Um, because of the price of steel and the market and the way it is for American companies like Adex to be able to compete against, um, you know, Chinese products, uh, the discount code gets adjusted periodically. So it's, it's not always going to be the same. And rather than uh, put it on the podcast here where people might hear it at a later date and get confused and try to use the code and then they can't get their discount. We decided if you sign up for the Steel Mace Nation newsletter, you'll be able to get any uh, adjustments right away. You know, the newsletter goes out weekly. So if there's a, a change in a discount, sometimes the discount's going to be better um, than the week before. You might be able to jump on that and, and get a good deal. So addictsclub.com, check out Addicts, Maces, and Clubs. Sign up for the newsletter to get your discount code. Also, I want to say hello to VintageStrengthTraining.com. Uh, I've been working with Valerie over at Vintage Strength Training. She has an excellent training system that is vintage. And you would be surprised at some of these exercises that – she has accomplished and put into the program. Um, I've been doing them. And like I said, I've been working with her. Uh, there's going to be good stuff coming out, combination, collaboration, whatever you want to call it. In fact, I'm working on a, um, a workout. Now, as you know, steelmacenation.com, if you're a member, there's follow-along workout videos that you could do. These are like 15, 20, 25-minute full-force intense workouts they're really hard um the reason why i did it that way is because i want you to be able to work out with intensity instead of just following out some written program okay we're working out together and i usually do it in a cool location it's gritty looking it's dark looking uh, some of the videos are on the beach so it's pretty cool uh, so we're going to be doing a, a vintage strength workout and putting it on the steelmacenation.com website. And then there's going to be like links and stuff like that going back to Vintage Strength Training. But you could go directly there right now, vintagestrengthtraining.com, uh, source of the Vintage Strength Games. Uh, check it out, guys. And say hello to Valerie. Tell, tell her Fred sent you. Also, macefit.com is another sponsor of the podcast. And macefit.com is its own system. It's really cool. It's just another tool in the toolbox. If you're a mace wielder, I suggest you go check it out. It's a lot of fun, um, good strength training. And it, again, it's with mace and clubs, so you can't go wrong there. Discount code is MACEFIT2020. With that discount code, you could buy yourself a certification program and you get a coaching call from Frank DeMeo, the guy who created it. The guy's knowledge is worth gold, and that coaching call is worth something. So I would take advantage of that. 
And hello, Graziella Coffee Company. GraziellaCoffee.com. Use the discount code MACENATION15 for 15% off. I'm going to spell Graziella for you. For those who are uh, looking to look them up right away, it's G-R-A-Z-I-E-L-L-A, GraziellaCoffeeCompany.com. Check them out on Instagram. Follow Great Coffee Beans Roasted in Brooklyn. OnGoEnergy.com. The first sponsor of the podcast and still a sponsor for over a year now. Ongo Energy is a spray, three sprays in your mouth, and you get 75 milligrams of caffeine, and it works fast, and it's really a low dose of caffeine. It's not like these crazy pre-workouts where you get 350 milligrams and you feel all anxious and your heart is racing. 75 milligrams, I guarantee you, you will feel it, but you won't be all jacked out of your mind. It's great for a pre-workout. It's great for those long drives. And once again, I just got a shout out to Mace Fit. Um, not Mace Fit, sorry. SteelMaceNation.com, uh, my website. And look out for what's coming down the pike with Steel Mace Nation. I do have somebody now as a rep. He's uh, a fireman. And he's going to be coming onto the podcast and talking about our new endeavor together. He's going to be doing, adding his own workout videos to the already current videos that are on there. And it's going to be awesome. The, the website is growing. There's a lot of big plans. And I think we're going to be getting a lot more coaches involved. And it's going to really, really take off to a whole new dimension. There's going to be kettlebell workouts. There already is a few, but there's going to be a lot of them. All right. There's going to be body weight workouts. Steel mace, steel clubs. Um, there's even going to be regular weightlifting workouts. Um, I want to get into and show people how they could use other modalities and bring it back into their steel mace practice so that way they could become stronger mace practitioners. It's all coming down the pike. It's all fresh. It's all new, and it's all really exciting. I'm excited to share it with you. Um, and firefighters, first responders, cops, military, Guys, this is the website for you too because I am, I understand what it's like being a firefighter myself, uh, shift work and, and all the issues that go with it. So I'm really excited to be able to help you guys out. So check it out. All right, let's get to the podcast. What's Swing Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. My name is Fred Moore, and today my guest is Minette Velez. And Minette is an instructor for law enforcement, self-defense, firearms, and tactics. And furthermore, right from her, her text message – I can't see my phone. There, here it is. Her, her text message to me was she's also She-Hulk. She – who likes to lift heavy things, she who smashes her enemies with whatever's, whatever she could get her hands on. <laughs> Obviously, she's joking around there, I hope. But, Minette, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity. 
And I'm really glad we can use this platform to share and to, you know, push forward our message. Yeah. And um, Minette does uh, use a steel mace nowadays. I think it's a new, a new thing for you. There. Right here. There it is. There it is. We trained a little bit with it. So let me just tell the audience what happened here. We're, we're local to each other. So anytime I get an opportunity to actually meet somebody in person is, you know, I love it. You know, I love meeting new people and training with people. And Minette being a firearms instructor, I was like, hey, I want to I come and get some training from you because it's been like 20 years since, since I shot anything. And uh, it was cool. It was the best, best training I ever got for that particular thing because um it's just like working out weightlifting it's like how you use your body and everything and she kept referencing the steel mace like you know this is what you do with a steel mace this is what you do with, with a gun this is how you you use your body and it was a great experience you had me shooting all kinds of awesome weapons <laughs> and, and i mean i had a blast literally shooting these things and then uh like like two weeks later, we met up again, and we and and I helped you out with some steel mace stuff. You're a very quick learner, um, obviously. Your background in the gym and everything, and your years of using your body as a weapon, and that's what you do, um, really has has carried on throughout. And and you picked up the steel mace quickly. So, uh, why don't you give us a little background first of all? Because I know you have a really cool history with like law enforcement and stuff. And then tell us what you're doing nowadays. Thanks. So, um, you know, like I said, it was really great having you come out to the range. So I teach firearms and tactics at RTSP out of Union in New Jersey. Um, I do private one-to-one and group lessons as well. It's so much fun because I do like to connect with the people I work with and correlate what they're actually having in their real life and transition it to their civil rights skills and to A rights and learning how to shoot and be able to defend themselves effectively. You know, so for that, I mean, it's, it was just so much fun having you. And you are a great athlete, so it was just, it was on point. I'm talking about everything was in the hole. It was awesome. Um, you know, so it, it, was a, it was a great time. I started off my career almost 24 years ago <laughs> um, as a federal agent. I was a federal agent for the United States Border Patrol back in the day when it was under the Department of Justice. And I was one of the very few females who made it through um, and worked really hard at it. And I found that as strong as I was and as fit as I was, and I thought I was such a strong and tough person, I really um, needed to learn a lot more even after the academy. The academy wasn't enough. So I would reach out to other people who I worked with who had more experience and I learned from them. And then I started getting instructor certificates. So I started learning how to teach field training officer details, became an EMT, and then took all of those skills and started applying them in real life scenarios. Um, I left the service after five years to have my children and be a mom. They're awesome. And they're all grown now. Um, and the cool part was is that when I left service and I couldn't go back because I got happily divorced, happily. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, no, it's Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was only short, but it was worth it. Worth it. Um, and what happened was, was that I needed to do something that would allow me to stay home at night, but I could still do what I loved, which was the law, law enforcement, and tactical stuff. So I was able to become a law enforcement instructor for the state of New Jersey, but I'm teaching high school kids. 
So I'm really getting to our youth at that level, teaching them some skills, strategies, social emotional learning, how to cope, how to act and react. And then I'm also teaching them self-defense. I'm teaching these integral life skills that aren't normally taught in high school, plus they get college credit for it. So that was, yeah, yeah, they get college credit for my course because I'm also have my master's and doctoral level credits. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's a passion of mine. And then I started teaching self-defense. I've done martial arts my entire adult life, um, working with uh, Taekwondo at first, and now I study under Grandmaster Don Cuesta out of Pima, which is the Filipino Integrated Martial Arts Academy in uh, Jersey City. And I'm honored to be there. So I'm currently training to actually fight competitively at nationals. And I'm hoping that, you know, between stick and knife fighting, I can get those skills still going and still be able to, you know, devastate, dominate, win. That'd be nice. And if not, they'll remember my name. <laughs> That's a very important thing to do, right? You leave your impression on the universe. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, leaving that impression, leave its mark. That's for sure. Um, in, in the, you know, during the travels and times, I got away from shooting a little bit while the kids were little. And as they got older, my niece actually got me into competitive shooting. So uh, it was, I did strongman competitions for a few years and I'm still involved in the strongman community. And I actually made to nationals as a master's level middleweight competitor uh, for strongman, which was so much fun. Uh, you competed in a strongman competition? Yeah, at the national level. What did, you, uh, what did you do in that competition? So that one was trying to deadlift a car. Did not happen, but I tried my best. I do have some of my teammates who were on the, uh, the team, women, who deadlifted cars multiple times. Um, it was at that point, uh, I also uh, took a big Atlas stone, 160 pounds, cleaned it, pressed it on top of a truck, pulled the loaded, uh, one of those U-Haul uh, trucks, you know, the big ones. It was loaded with tons of weight, and I was able to pull that across a total gym with a rope pull, that was fun. Clean and press, a circus dumbbell. That was not as much fun, but I still had fun doing it. A circus dumbbell, so you're talking about the fat grip, old school dumbbell. Fat grip, old school, the kind you used to see the old men with the handlebar mustache. Yep. Yeah, those things. I was just using one of those yesterday, a dumbbell and a barbell, and I got to get one of those. The fat grip changes everything. It really does, because if your grip strength isn't there, and if your core isn't tight, you're not going to get that thing up, even with injuries or without. There's no way. But it was one of the greatest experiences I had, you know, to be able to compete in my competitive nature. I like to train, do well at it, and if I'm not well at it, I find the people teach me how to be well at it. So I train out of East Coast, West Coast strength training in Carlstadt. And Coach Frankie is the best. He's awesome. You know, so it, you always try to go around kindred spirits, people who will support you and push you forward. And that's what I do when I teach. I try to support, be their champion. Like, you can do it. And if they're having a struggle, you find a way to bridge that gap so that they don't have those struggles anymore and they can actually achieve their goals. But fun yeah yeah i and you know when i when i met you over at rtsp in in union right yes, in union. Yeah. 
it's on Route 22 in Union. That's that's um, that's the one place, the only place where you're, you're instructing uh, firearms. Yeah, I can also teach over at the Randolph location, but that's only on a rarity. Okay. So the RTSP has two locations in Union and Randolph. Oh, yeah. So you know each one has its own special, unique attributes. A uh, Union is is brand new. It's literally like a little over a year old, and it's one of the sexiest gun ranges you'll ever see. It's awesome. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, we had a good time there. Um, you know, I met you there, and, like, we were just joking and laughing, talking about training, talking about guns, talking about steel mace, whatever. Uh, and, then, and then we had to put the, you know, the uh, ear protection on, safety glasses on. We went into the, into the firing range, and, you know, then it was a little – it was all business from there, but you still were fun – as a as a trainer or a coach um you know like you you kept it fun you were making jokes i, I could barely hear you but you you were loud so i so you know you came through and um and like everything we did like you were so on the ball like like i could tell you've been doing this for a while um working with different people and then and then i remember there was a point at which where i was just like really like blown away by how important it is to have good form when you shoot and then I really connected the dots when it comes to being a, uh, a you know, like a tactical athlete or like you compete in, in these shooting competitions. Then I realized why, because these are like highly skilled events. You're supposed to be breathing right. Your timing has to be right. You have to be like 100% focused. The, the person next to you that you're competing with is doing the same thing so the stakes are higher the pressure's on everybody wants to do well i think people that like to shoot regularly might have i don't know if you they might be like a little over the top with their need for perfection i would think right because you you're trying to put a little piece of lead in a little tiny spot somewhere so all these people competing against each other i now now i i get it why your form has to be so good yeah, you really have to, it's a sport, it's, it's, and it requires your, your whole body to understand the mechanics of it, just like you would with weightlifting, just like you would with swinging the mace, or fighting in general, whether it's boxing, taekwondo, um, those cepades, escrima, whatever it is, you have to be able to be very mindful, and, with, and you have to train with intention, and that's what I think the important part is. Uh, some people, you know, who are not very well versed in how to shoot well, They'll come in, they'll shoot a few rounds, like, oh, I got one or two on my target. And okay, that's nice, you got one or two out of 10. So, which means that you missed 80% of those shots. So it's in teaching them how important it is when you aim small, you miss small. You know, whether it's at three yards, five yards, 25 or 50 yards, you have to be able to see the reason behind it. And when you know the why, it really helps in, in that processing of how to get to that goal that you want to get into. Um, and whether it's excellence in com competition shooting or casual shooting or for sport, or you just want to bring your family down and be like, oh my gosh, this is this cute family thing. And pew, pew, pew. And it's awesome because it's a life skill, you know? And if God forbid something happens, as we've seen in recent events during this pandemic, the whole world went to hell in a handbasket really quick. And we have so many new gun owners 
that have never shot a gun before, but they own a gun. You know, it's how do they learn how to manage it properly? How do they protect themselves and keep their families safe? Because that's a life skill. It's not just a toy. It's like driving a car. You know, if you don't drive the car safely, you're going to kill a whole bunch of people with the car. If you don't learn how to manage a gun safely, then you can hurt yourself or an innocent. So it's one of those things that you have to train for, just like any other sport. You know, once or twice, in my opinion, is never enough, but also very biased because I'm very passionate about it. You know, um, we're very lucky in that, you know, at ArtsGSP, we do offer a variety of courses with a variety of instructors with different expertise. Mine happens to be tactics and shooting with precision. Uh, and I love it. I have so much fun teaching people, young and old, anywhere from eight years old to I don't care how old. It's awesome. And it's just a, a fun activity. What do you mean by teaching them tactics? So it's about how to be defensive as well as offensive. And offensive does not mean cursing people out. Offensive as in knowing how to be what I call tactical. If there is a situation where there's violence around you, where is there areas of safety? How do you take cover and keep yourself safe while defending yourself and your loved ones? Um, look at your home. Do you have your home set up in a proper way that if somebody were to break in, you can access something to defend your family and yourself, whether it's a gun or whether it's a mace or whether it's a sword or a knife or a baseball bat. It's whatever you have, learn how to use it so that you can be able to keep yourself safe. Because that really is the number one. If you're not safe, you can't protect your family. So it's in learning how to do those little nuances and keep yourself aware with your surroundings. So you have the situational awareness to know there's a danger and a threat right there. What do I need to do? Do I need to walk away? Because that's a really good option. Do I need to run fast? That's a better option. Or do I need to stand there and fight because they're right in front of me and my life is not being threatened? So those are some of the things to consider that are, goes under the umbrella of tactics. You know, how to shoot, where to shoot, what is considered a weapon. A gun is not a weapon. A gun is a tool. A weapon is what you use to effectively engage, to finalize a goal. So I can take a baseball bat and use it as a weapon. I can take my hairbrush and use it as a weapon. I can take my car and use it as a weapon. So it's understanding that there are misnomers and applying vocabulary to certain things. And I can assault anybody with pretty much anything. And I'll be effective at it. But I also train at it. So there's a difference. You know, I can take a four pound hand weight like this and rest assured, you won't be standing up by the time I'm done. But by the same token, I've seen people, you know, they'll get a gun and they can't hit their target to save their life. And they're like, oh, this is so great. And I'm like, oh my, you just shot an innocent person three blocks away because the bullet's still going. So things like that is uh, stuff to consider when you're looking at what's considered tactical. You know, how do you keep yourself safe? How do you protect the innocent? That's always been my mission. Where my students are in high school or out of high school, in college, and I teach at the college level too. Um, I also teach in outside for professional development purposes. And even in their homes, people bring me into their homes and are like, Manette, how do I make my home safe in case of somebody breaks in? So it's in looking at those areas in your home where you can conceal yourself, be safe, protect your kids, know how to get out. That's a huge one. People are afraid to run. 
it's okay. Because quite frankly, I'd rather love to see another day. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, definitely. And, and um, also, too, I've, I've read some things, like, about confronting, how to confront somebody. Like, if you think you're being followed, sometimes it's – if you know, obviously, if you get away, you get away. But if you're getting cornered, the best thing is to, like, turn and make eye contact or say something to them. Like, are you following me? A lot of the times that de-escalates it because now they know that um, – you're you're on to them and they're they're actually cowards if they're stalking like a woman if they're stalking a woman they're this guy is most likely a coward he's looking for an easy an easy target mm-hmm. and if the woman said turns and looks at him in the eye and says yo what are you doing buddy and very assertive they usually get very uh self-conscious but you have to have the courage and from what i understand from what i was reading and correct me if i'm wrong most of the time this does not occur because the woman is so nervous. She thinks that if she avoids eye contact and keeps her head down, like it'll just go away. It's almost like a form of denial. Yes. And it's also a socialization conditioning because women traditionally are taught, you must be nice. Women are nice and quiet. And oh, don't be too loud. You don't want to be rude. God forbid should you be labeled a bitch. Oi. You know, so those are all classical conditioning in our societies that are, that are put on women and men, you know, even. But more women than men, I find, especially if there's more cultural influences in on it. One of the things that I always was, was told was, um, you know, if you're, if, if something like that happens when guys cat call you or people make you feel uncomfortable, the one that I love the best you're in kindergarten, the boy pulls your pigtails, that's because they like you. Mm, no, they're touching you inappropriately, you know? So it's things like that that you have to teach our young ones and adults, some adults never learned this, is how to stand up for themselves and be assertive without being too offensive. So if I've actually had encounters with homeless people who have mental health issues, you know, they start approaching you and trying to engage you. And mental health is a huge problem in our communities nowadays. And we see it growing. It's not getting better. It's getting worse, especially with the pandemic. And what's happening is, is when you engage somebody, and if you have to defend yourself and stand up for yourself, that's one of the few times I don't curse. Because <laughs> I tend to have a potty mouth naturally. Um, and I filter when I'm at work or when I'm on an interview. <laughs> But when it comes out to regular, you know, settings, I tend to have a potty mouth, you know, F-bombs left and right. This is how I am. But if I'm engaging somebody in a potential conflict, I don't curse. I never curse. Because many people will consider that disrespectful. And it'll make them escalated. So what you do is that you speak super professionally. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, thank you, sir. You're standing too close to me, please step back. Or just give them the command, just like police officer would, get back now. And if you give them commands, not asking for permission, but you're telling them, you're giving them permission what to do, they more often than not will disengage. Um, so that's a matter of having presence and having self-awareness and awareness of your surroundings as well. You know, so women and men, if you're getting into a confrontation, 
just make sure you don't engage them when you're all alone. You have no help. You right. know, it's knowing like where you are in your neighborhood. I used to live up in Boston area and I would take my sons uh, out through the city and sometimes we'd go through some bad neighborhoods just like you would in Newark, just like you would in New York, same little pockets, but it's in knowing your surroundings and I'm like, hmm, that looks type shady. I'm gonna go this way, not the dark alleyway where all there's light and businesses and places I can go into if I need safety. Best places to go into, liquor stores, banks, bodegas. A good old fashioned bodega. Nine times out of 10, they all have, well, and all banks do, have security cameras, some sort of security protocol, quick phone call to police department. Most of them, some places have guns on them because they're liquor stores and, you know, bodegas. This is the nature of the beast. So that's a safer place to run into rather than a laundromat. Right, where so, there's one attendant in the back, maybe yeah. not even paying attention. Yeah, maybe locked away trying to hang up some laundry, you know, so things like or, that look out for. Yeah, or they lock themselves up because they see the danger and they don't care about you. Exactly. And they're behind the big pane glass. <laughs> right. Now, yeah. you said that the nature of the beast and what we're talking about here is the way the world is, right? The reality. Yes. Is there a barrier? for people a mental barrier to accept this nature of the beast because it's 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 accepting yeah scary side right a lot of people seem to i don't know they want to live on gumdrop lane and not think about you know the, all the bad stuff is there a barrier that sometimes you have to work through with people when you're teaching your self-defense classes I do. I do especially when it comes to being aware and trusting so um, it's okay to go out and have fun. It's not okay to go out and get so blitzed, you're not aware of being able to keep yourself safe if something goes wrong. Um, if, when you, we're looking at how people see the world, it's, oh, well, if we just treat everybody nicely, if we just treat everybody with a smile and a hug, everybody's going to be wonderful and respond positively. Well, what we've seen in recent events is that not everybody has good intentions. And some people with a criminal mind and an element to themselves where they don't have integrity and they don't have that professionalism of understanding person's boundaries or business or residence and that they're scared to step back a little bit and respect other people's where they're coming from. But what I find is that they take advantage of the situation. You know, and what they end up doing is hurting others. And then they're wondering, well, why am I being targeted? I already put down and put out there in the universe that I love everybody and I'm supportive and I've never heard a fly. Some people don't realize that. And that's where a lot of people have that filter. I, I used to know somebody um, who used to call that, it, it was almost like a veil in front of their face, filtering everything. So they would only see what they wanted to see, not what was really in front of them. And when they lifted the veil, then they could see all the truth in front of them. And one of the things that I prefer to do as I teach and guide anybody, whether it's younger or older, is how to lift that veil and see what's actually in front of you. You can see, even like it's as if you're cooking, you know? Like there's a big difference between real crab meat and imitation crab meat. 
there's a huge difference between real chicken and tofu chicken. Huge difference. You know, it's knowing what's the difference, knowing what's real and what's an alternative, alternative facts. Would that be something? I think that is something. I think somebody yeah. already, I think somebody out there is already calling stuff that. Yeah, yeah, they're calling it that. I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> So now, did you um, always do fighting or, or um, th I'm sorry, scrimmistic fighting? Were you always doing that or is that a, new, a newer development in your life? Or does that go all the way back to your, your um, Border Patrol days? Well, I did baton work in the Border Patrol days. Um, law enforcement were all trained to use either a PR-24 or a collapsible baton. Nowadays, more departments are more toward the collapsible baton use, and they have very strict regulations on what they can use that, how they use it, areas of body to strike. So mine was limited. And then I had the fortuitous opportunity of training with Master Little John Cruz uh, at one of my Taekwondo workshops that they had over at Dragon Kim's in Livingston. They invited him in to teach us to do some stick work. This was about seven, eight years ago. And as soon as I had that stick in my hand, I'm like, this is good. She hooks smash. It was great because it was very natural for me to want to take that as a tool. It transitions to a sword. It transitions to empty hands. It transitions to blade work. So everything that I do as an Escrimadora, I can do empty hands. I can do with a knife in my hand. I can use anything around the house as a tool, as a weapon, and still do the same movements. It wasn't until I moved back to New Jersey about almost four years ago. I moved back to New Jersey uh, from Boston and I reconnected with Master Little John. And a year ago, he and I were just talking because we're friends. And he said, You've been having to know anybody who would want to train more and learn more about those is that martial arts form and i was like i raised my hand i'm like i'll do it it's interesting i mean i'm 48 years old and i'm consistently striving to be better do better work harder stay stronger because as you get older you can only get better with your knowledge and experience if you consistently train for it he introduced me then to the pima group which is you know filipino integrated martial arts led by grandmaster don cuesta who is world renowned oh my gosh i met this man at my first competition in stick fighting and right away i wanted to call him lolo which is a filipino word for grandfather which i would never do to his face <laughs> but i love him with all my heart such a good person and master keith kelly and master buboy they have all taken me under their wing as their sister and shared with me their expansive knowledge on how to fight, tactics, drill. Guru Jesse Marquez, uh, she's young, she's only 22, 23. She's already a world champion fighter in the Segrimador and Dos Epares. So she's sharing with me her knowledge and it's finding that group of people that will help teach you um, those knowledge, skills, and strategies. Fighting combat face-to-face, -face, it's different than what they teach you in the academy. It's different than what you learn in a fitness-related martial arts school. It's about action, 
reaction, how to act, not just react, how to use tactical advantage, how to block, how to parry, how to strike with force, and how to use speed and agility to your advantage. And all of those things come together, especially as our world seems to be, at least the media portrays it as getting more and more out of control, which I always take reservation in that. Because yeah, me too. I, yeah, they're looking for the clicks. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it, sometimes it's not what it's presented to be. You know, you have to hold back and wait before judgment and look at the big picture. But um, I have grown so much more in just one year as a fighter, as in self-defense, as a martial artist, just by training with this cadre of family. And they literally become family to me, uh, wherein they take you and they love you. And because they love you, they share this knowledge with you. So that's, I really encourage anybody and everybody who's interested in learning good self-defense, you find a family to work with, that they will bring you in as part of their pack and they recognize who you are and they nurture your goals and such to become a better fighter. But yeah, this has been, this is really exciting. We were supposed to fight last March at national championships, but you know, COVID happened. <laughs> um, so now it's been moved to this upcoming March, which I'm really happy about because it gives me more time to train and get stronger. And as a result of it, I've actually integrated mace training because it's those natural movements that are going to make me even more effective and stronger as a fighter against, I'm going to be fighting against competitors who have been fighting competitively at the world level for 20 years. So I'm at a disadvantage there. Even with my expanded skill set, I'm still at a disadvantage because they know more nuances than I do. But what I'm hoping for is that by training with the best, I will continue to aspire and learn from, even if it's a failure, but they'll still remember my name. Yes, nice. Well, you know, good luck with the fight coming up in March. Um, I'm sure we're going to be in touch with each other th throughout the rest of the year. Uh, I definitely would like to meet you again, do some more steel base training. And I am also looking to go back to RTSP and, and shoot some guns. Absolutely. Uh, Got to get you that holster, sir. <laughs> the holster? The holster, sir. So that oh. way you can tactical drills class when it starts up again. Oh, okay. I got, I'm going to have to talk to you about that. So, yeah. Minette, um, why, don't, why don't you tell everybody how to reach you and um, what, your, you know, what your services are and everything so that they can contact you and get trained by you. If you if sure. you're so, in New Jersey. Uh, Instagram, Instagram, it's ma, M-A, dot, honor first, all spelled out. So that's really the easiest way to, to get in touch with me is through the Instagram um, I also have my Gmail account, ma.honorfirst at gmail.com, as I firmly believe in having honor first, and I integrate that in everything I do. Uh, the other way, you can also, if you want to schedule classes with me, you can reach out to me, and then I'll put you in touch with our training department at RTSP, and it's training at rtsponline.com. So feel free to just reach out to me directly, and then I can loop you in with them. That's not a problem, or you can reach out to RTSP online directly through the training department. You can request to work with me. It's M-Y-N-E-T, that's how I spell my first name. And I'll be more than happy to learn, train, and teach self-defense and personal self-defense that I can teach on the side. 
but I'll be more than happy to arrange uh, private sessions and group sessions as well. Awesome. That's great. Now we have about a little over a minute left. Um, is there only a certain type of individual that you do self-defense? Like, is it only women or do you, do you do men and women? Everybody. I work with men and women. One of the great things that I've done is to be able to develop my programs and strategies for anybody, whether they're young, old, disabled, differently abled. I don't care. I just want you to learn to protect yourself. Awesome. That's great. Minette, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank uh, you. Always, you know, come on back and let's talk some more. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be hooking up with you for some more training and everything, like I just said. So uh, look forward to that. brother. Definitely. All right, everybody, thanks a lot for tuning into this podcast. Look up Minette uh, on her Instagram. Check the show notes. Um, if you're in New Jersey and you're interested, you know, um, she's, she's available. So thank you, Minette. I will talk thank to you Thank you soon. very much. Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye.